So this morning, I, I just want to brief, I'm not going to talk a lot. I, I'm going to intro the morning, and then I'm going to get out of the way. And so I want to say a couple things about baptism. What is baptism, and what is it not? First, what it is, it is not, it is not anything salvific. It does nothing to contribute to our salvation. You're going to hear that loud and clear. Hopefully you hear that over and over in our stories, that baptism does not save us. Only Jesus does that. God made him, Jesus, to be sin, who knew no sin, so that we, giving him our sin, would become the righteousness of God. That's it. That's the gospel. God did that for us in Jesus. And so you're going to have, hear nine stories this morning of people who are going to communicate that, that Jesus has saved them, not by any of their works, not by them stepping into the water and getting sin washed away from them, none of that. They are here this morning to communicate that God has saved them in his son Jesus, and we're here to proclaim the goodness of God. Now, what baptism does, it is, though, an act of obedience. Those who have committed to follow Jesus with their life, that he is Lord of their life, the scriptures tell us, go and, baptize, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit. So there is a call of obedience that we want to respond to as followers of Jesus to say, this is who I am now. I'm, I'm submitting to his lordship. I am following him in obedience. And I want to read something from Romans chapter 6. So Paul is, is building out an argument in the book of Romans, and he's been doing that for several chapters now. At the end of chapter 5, he talks about what we receive in Adam, our first father, Adam, in the garden. He committed sin, and then we inherit everything from that. We, we are sinners because Adam ate of the tree that he was not supposed to eat of. He sinned, so we are all in it. We're dead now. We're dead in our sin because of the sin passed to us. But what happens? God, came, Jesus came to earth, and now grace, grace abounds. Where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more, Paul says. And so he's building out this argument, and he, and he reasons, well, well, if that's true, if I can keep on sinning, and God's grace covers me, well, then I can keep sinning, and his grace will overshadow that sin. And that's where we pick up in 6.1. He says, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in that sin? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? That's what we're symbolizing here this morning. We were buried, therefore, with baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. And so what's happening this morning is we're symbolizing that. They're symbolizing going into the water, dying to themselves, coming out a new person. They're saying, hey, before all of you people, I profess to be a follower of Jesus, and I now am going to walk in new, newness of life. And so as this is happening, first off, again, throw off all the Baptist stuff you have in you today. We're going to celebrate, right? So as they're sharing story after story and they come out of the water, we're going to cheer, we're going to scream, and we're going to thank God for what he's done in each of these people. But as they're talking, I would encourage you to remember your own testimony. Remember what God did in you. If you're here this morning, you say that you follow Jesus, remember how God has worked in your life and, and maybe what your baptism was like. And maybe if you haven't been baptized, you don't follow Jesus, maybe, maybe think through that this morning. Hear these stories and process. Man, what, what, what is my life? And who, who is the boss or the Lord of my life? And process these things. And I want you to just consider and contemplate throughout the morning. So what's going to happen here is I'm just going to talk about the order of service now. I'm going to, every, everyone's going to come up here. I'm going to say their name first. They're going to share their story. 
and they're going to go in and be baptized. We're going to do that five times, and then we're going to pause our service, and we're going to sing. We're going to sing in response to what God has done in these five, and we're going to thank him for that, and then we got four more people that want to be baptized. So I'm going to stop talking now. I am done. I'm going to call up first. Who is first? Reese? Did you, did you guys switch? No, Reese Van Slyke. Let's go, Reese. junior at OU, and this is my story. Um, Growing up, I heard a lot about Jesus from a very young age, and I had a lot of head knowledge about who he was. Um, I would go to church every week, yet I still lived a very half-in, half-out life with a lot of spiritual highs that ultimately produced no change in my heart. I viewed God as an addition to my life rather than the foundation. (laughs) I was desperately seeking my worth from the world and what other people thought of me, which just continually left me feeling discontent and unsatisfied. Throughout high school, I struggled internally with these perfect standards that I had set for myself. If I took an honest look at myself and my heart, my life was more about pleasing myself, others, and having a good reputation that would gain favor with the people around me rather than honoring God. Coming to college, I dove straight into what the world said would make up the fun college experience. Yeah, I was left with the feeling that there had to be more to life than this. Um, I met some older girls in my sorority who had a joy and a peace to them that I just did not see in my own life. While we both claimed Christianity, their lives looked radically different than mine. I realized that while I had always known who Christ was and that I believed in him, I had never fully placed my trust in him and lived a life for his glory instead of my own. He wasn't the Lord of my heart, I was. Jesus has been pursuing my heart for my entire life and showed his great love by dying for me while I was still a sinner. Um, I, he loved me with an unprecedented love. There is nothing I could do to earn it or that I did do to earn it or deserve it. He saved me in his kindness, not because of the righteous things I had done, but because of his mercy. Um, I decided finally to accept Jesus as Lord, and this was the first time that I saw 2 Corinthians 5.17 true of my life, that I was a new creation in Christ. My life today is still far from perfect, but I can confidently say that Jesus is the only way to abundant, satisfying life to the full. Truly walking with Jesus these past few years, I've experienced so much joy and peace that isn't rooted in the things of this world as they're consistently changing. Jesus has shown me true purpose, that I get to partner alongside him in sharing of his great love among the nations. Um, I can't think of a sweeter way to spend my life than telling of and living for the great love that saved me. Jesus is truly my greatest treasure. greatest joy and privilege to see God um, pursue your heart since your freshman year of college and um, (laughs) uh, I just love you so much you're so bold so faithful so wise um, just like a sister to me and I'm so excited to get to baptize you (laughs) Um, do you believe and confess that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior do you commit to following Jesus for the rest of your life then it's my joy to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Here y'all go. That's good. We've got Brooke Gwari. 
Um, hi, I'm Brooke Quarry. I'm a junior at OU, and this is my story. Okay. <laughs> um, I was really privileged, privileged growing up in church with parents who loved and feared God. Um, I remember from a young age believing in the Bible and that Jesus was real, but I learned, and I learned that Jesus loved me and died for me, but it did not create a love or devotion to him because I thought I was good. I figured I knew all I needed to know about Christianity, and if I just believed in God, was good enough, went to church, and was baptized, I'd be okay, failing to understand that from belief should come giving God lordship of my life in obedience to his word. I took on the identity of a Christian, yet I sat on the, th I sat on the throne of my own heart, doing as I pleased and striving for others' approval wherever I was. I found my worth in success, people's opinions, and my appearance. I seemed happy, yet was struggling with eating disorders, anxiety, and suicidal thoughts. In the meanwhile, while also falling in deeper into sin that I didn't know was slowly killing me. After losing my two friends and my dad, I began to make decisions I never thought I would to cope with my brokenness. This would continue into college until an older girl in my sorority and a student staff girl were bold enough to share the gospel with me. My heart was still really hard at the time, yet I was open to coming to events with them because of how lonely and broken I was. I decided to take a leap and ended up going to a summer program called Kaleo, where over a series of nine weeks, I would learn what it means to have a personal relationship with Jesus and follow him. I selfishly decided to go because I wanted to escape my past, and some of my friends were going as well, having zero intention in giving my life to Jesus because I loved my sin and already thought I was saved. Halfway through the summer, there was a particular day when the lens were taken off my eyes and I fully understood the gospel for the first time. Although I knew the Bible stories and believed in heaven and hell and God, I realized I wasn't saved because of my knowledge. I didn't truly believe in who God said he was and that I was separated from him because of my sin, serving myself, which only reaped destruction. But while I was dead, God, in his righteous and perfect love, humbled himself to be born in the flesh and obedient to the point of death to pay for the death that I deserved. I was immediately filled with joy because how could someone so holy love me so much to take away my debt even when I didn't do anything to deserve it? All this love that God had for me that I was told about from a child finally made sense and I wanted with all my heart to give Jesus my life and my obedience. I decided that day to die to myself and make Jesus the Lord of my life. And as Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Immediately after, I began to read my Bible for the first time and learning to depend on him every day. It wasn't perfect, but there was real life change. My desires shifted, and I came back on campus a completely different person, separating from past sin and beginning to share my faith as God commands us to do. A little over a year has passed, and I still continue to fail, but a life of repentance met with endless grace, and the Holy Spirit refining me is one I wouldn't trade for anything. My life is meant to glorify God and to share the gospel. From the girl that once woke up every morning to prove herself to the world, I didn't have to be her anymore. Instead, I wake up now excited to learn more about God, grow my dependence on him, and fall deeper in love with him. so proud of you and I love you so much and I love getting to hear your story again because it just reminds me of God's goodness and his faithfulness to you as he's pursued your heart your whole life and I'm so thankful that he's won it and now we're here and we get to spend this moment together and just get to glorify him and he's magnified in this moment so do you profess Jesus as Lord of your life yes and do you commit to follow him forever mm -hmm. okay that counts 
to my baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay, next up is Taylor Argerbright. Also a sophomore at the University of Oklahoma, but I grew up in the Bible Belt, which meant I heard a lot about Christianity. I was always curious about faith, but for the majority of my life, it was kind of a back burner thing for me, and ultimately just had no control over my life. I knew there probably was a creator, but I never put much thought into who he was or why he would have created us. Fast forward through high school, I became the God of my own life. I acted purely for myself in everything I did. And my life was marked by me making my own decisions and being my own Lord. I seeked happiness in any way I could find it, and it left me really, really empty. I always knew there was something missing and felt there was a longing in my heart that could just never be full. This missing piece drove me crazy. I didn't know why I was alive, why I had never felt full, why I had no clue what my purpose was, and felt unsatisfied with the things I kept pouring my life into. So I began to seek what could possibly fill this missing piece. And during my senior year, through a lot of crazy events, I heard about a God who leaves the 99 for the one and who was seeking personally after me. I heard about a God who sent his son to die on the cross before I would ever choose him. I heard about a God who runs after me and loves me without conditions and despite circumstances. A God who runs towards you and calls you by your name. Learning about this changed everything and understanding it, um, really just changed my whole life. I got to experience how much God loved and sacrificed for me. So in response, I had no choice but to give him everything I had. And since then, nothing has been the same. I always thought of myself as a happy person, but once I gave my life to Christ, I had a joy that could never be ceased, a peace that surpassed all understanding, a comforter, friend, and father like no other. Giving God all authority over my life has not been easy, and it's been a lot of trials, sacrifices, and challenges. But knowing God intimately as a friend has changed the way I approach every circumstance. Through this time, he's been able to show me his faithfulness and goodness in every mountain and every valley. He's shown me he can restore every heart that is broken and make any person brand new. <laughs> when I chose to follow Jesus, I didn't even know what a Christian was. All I knew was God was worthy of my life, and ever since then, I've seen his guiding hand in every way. Because of my love for God... I love people deeper than I ever thought was possible. I care about others more than myself, and I rejoice in suffering and depend and trust in a faithful God. I've been given purpose in a God that I get to call Father. All I want to do is make him known, and that is the true desire of my heart. My life is a picture of God's amazing and saving grace, grace that has made me brand new, and grace that can do the same for you if you choose to trust in him, because he is always faithful and always kind. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. Was grace that taught my heart to sing, and grace shall bring me home. Um, I met Taylor when she was a freshman. And this girl is just full of joy. If you know her, you know that she really is full of the joy of the Lord. And so 
Um, it's been really exciting to walk with you for a year and a half, and I'm excited to keep walking with you. Um, I love you. I'm, I'm so thankful for your faithfulness and how God really has changed your life and your heart. And so I'm excited for you to help other girls do that for the rest of your life. And so, Taylor, do you uh, profess that Jesus is your Lord and your Savior? Do you profess and com- <laughs> do you promise to follow him for the rest of your life? Yes. Okay, it's my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Get on the front, yeah. All right, next up we've got Hope Ledeber. Hi, y'all. Okay, so I grew up in a really healthy uh, Christian home. I can't remember a day uh, that I didn't know Jesus and or know about him, and honestly, there was a part of me just that always really loved him. Uh, I uh, uh, I am really grateful for the way I was raised and God's faithfulness through it all, that uh, I have always just known Jesus. Uh, I, I knew that my heart of like what I truly believed in my head of what I really knew just never really lined up and uh, it was kind of really hard and it created a lot of conflict within my like mind. Uh, there's a prayer that I wrote to Jesus when I was like 13 in my journal and it says, I am very lost. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know what to do or where I'm going. I feel stuck and alone. I love feeling close to you, but I just can't seem to do it. I can't let go of my earthly self. I want to, but at the same time, I don't. I think this just perfectly describes most of my life with Jesus. I live just enough in the world to fit in and like it, but I knew just enough of the truth that I still wanted Jesus. The half in and half out life left me deeply dissatisfied and confused. Coming into college, my solution was just to live college to the fullest. I became my own God. I followed my own desires and my own truth until it's exactly how I wanted to. And quite honestly, I was happy. I had friends, the party, and what I had imagined was the dream college. (laughs) Uh, Now that I had all that I wanted, I just really didn't want to let it go. And it was really fun for me to run from God. Uh, leaving freshman year, I remember being really scared and anxious that God would guilt me into a miserable, confusing, and dissatisfying life. Instead, through a small step of faith, God met me in his gentle and loving spirit where I was. For the first time in years, I felt lost again. I knew I wasn't home, and I just wanted to be with my dad. I, I was tired. I was tired of running and trying to fix a relationship uh, and earn his love or approval. I remember pleading with God to save me, to change my life, for it finally to make sense to me, that I'd always known that I was a sinner and deserved separation from him forever, and that because he loved me so much, he sent his son down from heaven to live the life I failed to, to be the sacrifice for my sin, all that I could have a relationship for him forever. I knew it. I just honestly never believed it. He is God, but he was not my God. He is Lord, but he was never mine. 
Over the next few weeks, I started to love and trust Jesus again. I wanted to spend time with him and learn about him, and he became my friend again. I, uh, I gained trust by letting go of areas of my life and giving them to him. Uh, one day, I remember somebody was telling the gospel, and for the first time, it was just true of my life. God, in a moment, had put himself on the throne of my life. I can't even then describe it. It was nothing that I could have done. It was simply by his grace. Uh, I didn't even realize, but the weeks prior, I had just started to surrender to God. I was on the throne of my life and not taking steps down. When I say that it is by the grace of God I'm here today, I really mean it. I was running, and I deserved to never know him as a good father over it. I just don't deserve the grace he's given me. Since that day, I have just tried to simply follow Jesus. I mess up a lot, more than I would like to admit. I still question God and choose myself. I, I honestly struggle more now. But nothing compares to the joy of knowing your creator who wiped you clean. Although I may have been happy before following Jesus, before following Jesus, I could have never imagined the fulfillment, joy, and peace, and hope that has come with knowing him. My life, both here and eternally, was forever changed by Jesus and the constant grace he has towards me. will hope. Uh, when God wins someone, he usually wins their attention, their affection, and their ambition. And it's just been a joy over the last few years and really your whole life to watch God capture your attention as you focus on him and see him and your affection as you've come to be someone who deeply, deeply loves him and your ambition as you serve him and sacrifice to make him known. I'm proud of you, I love you, and hope for the rest of your life, the world is going to fight to have your attention, affection, and ambition. And I just pray that this would be a day of many days, that you plant the flag that your Jesus is alone. And so, Hope, do you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord? Yes. And do you pledge your life to follow him always? Yes. Then it's an honor as your brother in blood and in Jesus to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son. I'm not crying, you're crying. Um, like I said, we've got one more and then we're gonna pause and just sing and thank God for what he's done. So last in this first grouping, we have Kaylee McCall. Hey, everyone. Thank you for being here today to celebrate um, God's faithfulness in so many people's lives. Um, <coughs> sorry. Okay. Uh, hello, my name is Kaylee McCall, and my story starts in a Chinese orphanage. Um, as a 13-month-old baby, I was adopted and brought to South Lake, Texas, where I was raised by a loving Christian family. Um, I grew up going to church, 
and uh, I would go to Bible studies where I would hear about who God is. Um, but honestly, in my heart, I believed I wasn't lovable by God. And um, I, was a belie- I also believed that um, I just feared at any moment he would abandon me. Um, so reading the Bible and praying was something that I would only do because I knew I was supposed to. And truthfully, I really thought that um, I would lose everything if I didn't. Um, I believe God was only an angry judge and not a compassionate father. Um, As I got older, the brokenness that resulted from being orphaned as an infant uh, grew harder and harder to ignore. Um, During high school, my performative religion proved to not hold up against the unprocessed feelings I had about being adopted. Uh, My deeply rooted fear of rejection led to feelings of unworthiness, anger, hopelessness, and people-pleasing. I would look to numb out these feelings by following my earthly desires instead of a relationship with him. But by the grace of God, I was introduced to Cambry. Um, Yeah, awesome. So (laughs) I was introduced to Cambry my freshman year of college, and um, it was with her help that I learned that having a relationship with Jesus means turning from the belief that I could earn his grace and trusting that because of the completed work on the cross, um, God the Father invites me into his family and draws in, promises to never reject those who he draws to himself. Um, shortly after Cambry shared the gospel with me, she invited me to a worship and discipleship conference, and it was at that conference in January 2021 that I decided to put my full trust in Christ. Um, <laughs> since following Jesus, his desires have become my own. Uh, my life has changed in dramatic ways. He has replaced the anger that I felt towards my birth parents with compassion. Uh, The rejection I felt from intimacy has been replaced with an identity deeply rooted in Christ. Um, Jesus has grown my passion for discipleship and is giving me a longing to abide in him daily. Uh, He even rewrote the purpose that I originally felt for my life. God has changed my heart to delight in living a life dedicated to the gospel and has given me a passion for those who have little to no access to it. Psalms 103:13 says, "The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him." Every day, I'm reminded that God is eager to protect his children, like a mother is eager to protect her child. Um, my heavenly Father has parented me through friends and mentors, summer discipleship opportunities, a healthy church body, and loving earthly parents. And in God's ultimate act of motherly compassion and justice, um, he sent his son to live a righteous life in my place, receive the punishment that I deserve, and defeat death so I could be his daughter for eternity. Thank you.
Um, I knew I loved who you were three years ago, but I love watching who has God made you to be and who he is still making you to be. It has been the most amazing thing, having my faith be encouraged by watching him work in your life. Um, you have traded performance for abiding, and you have traded pure servanthood for um, a childlike faith that knows that you can rest in God's love for you. And I know that it was only by God's love that you could have that transformation. You are um, so eager to repent. You are so bold um, in bearing your testimony to others. And um, most of all, you are steady because it is by God's love for you that you operate out of this, not by works, not by trying to prove anything. You are steady because you know God's love is not going to leave you. And I'm so excited to celebrate that with you today. So Kaylee, do you confess that Jesus is Lord of your life? And do you commit to following him for the rest of your days? Yes. Then my sister, it is the greatest joy to baptize you. Right. Let's keep the party going here, all right? Uh, next up, we have Katie Simpson. Hey, good morning. Um, so I'm Katie. Um, I was privileged to grow up in a Christian church, Christian family. Um, I had that support all throughout my life. Um, I just didn't know anything about God. Um, I started studying the Bible in sixth grade after I got into the youth group. I never prayed because I didn't know how to, and I felt inadequate to talk to him. I was shy with him, yet I was fascinated by him. I did all the mission trips, worship nights, and showed up to church whenever possible. When I was forced to slow my life down during COVID, I was able to assess myself. I realized over that season that my heart didn't look like the transformed lives I was reading about in the Bible. I wasn't seeing the fruit of true faith in my life. I was insecure, self-centered, and disobedient towards the Lord's commands. I didn't want to live like that anymore. It came to me that I didn't have a relationship with God. I was just studying him from afar, kind of like people study art in a museum. I had no idea how heavy the fact was that Jesus saved me from death, and I never took that truth to heart. Um, but once I realized the pain that he suffered and the amount of love that he had to, or amount of suffering that he had to endure on the cross for me, it wasn't long before I knew something needed to change. By this realization alone and the softening of my heart towards this fact, I knew that the God I was reading about was knocking at my door and asking for me to let him in so he could come and cleanse me. I fully gave my life to Christ in April 2020. Since then, I've been able to walk closer in line with what Jesus has commanded for my life, and I found a lot of freedom in that. I've been able to find that precious relationship with my creator and father, and it's a blessing that I get to call him that. I've been able to read and treasure the word for what it really is, and I've been able to follow the Lord's will by the power of the Holy Spirit in me. I haven't been baptized since I was a baby, but I'm so glad I get to confess my faith in Jesus with a congregation that has helped me grow in faith exponentially since I came to college.
Katie, I'm so proud of you for um, being honest with yourself and who you are and assessing. Oh, you're falling back there. Um, for honestly assessing yourself and responding to Jesus in faith. I'm so proud of you. Um, so before God and all these people, do you profess that Jesus is your Lord? And do you confess to find yourself fallen? Sorry, here, I, I got you. Uh, God's got you, but I also have you right now. Um, <laughs> where was I at? Uh, do you commit to follow Jesus uh, the rest of your days? Okay. It's before all these people that I'm privileged to baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried with Christ in baptism, raised to walk in new life. Good job. Yeah. All right, come this way. All right, next up we have Ellie Grace Cooper. God has always been a huge part of my life. I grew up in a Christian household. I went to a Christian school. I even went to preschool at my church. But my life took a turn at a young age when my family broke apart and I had to deal with years of instability and trauma. It was hard to watch everyone around me have a seemingly perfect life while I dealt with the struggles of these close relationships. Yet through this time, Jesus visibly worked in my life and remained my constant source of stability and comfort. I found comfort in a love so great and unfathomable that God would send his only son to die for me, even though I could never deserve it or earn it. A love that could overcome my brokenness and my family's. When I couldn't rely on those closest to me, I could put all my trust in God's love. At the times where I felt most beaten down, it was a love that didn't expect me to be perfect, that didn't need me to be enough, because he himself was enough for me. And I found joy in this desperate dependence on Christ. Last year, I had a new stepsister enter my life, one who hadn't grown up going to church or having God emphasized as I had. And I watched her go through similar struggles that I faced when I was young, and I found my and I found myself able to show her the love of God that I had been so graciously given to me. And I realized all the more clearly how greatly I had been saved for so long by knowing him. I have been growing in my faith my whole life through the support of family, of amazing teachers and leaders who have pushed me to live more fully for God. And as I have entered college, God has answered even more prayers than I could have ever imagined and has challenged me in new ways, including baptism. He has brought me a community greater than I ever hoped for, and friends who have pushed me on how to love God and best show his love to others. Our God is so good, and I am so glad I get to publicly declare how great he is and how good he's been in my life. Romans 3, 5 through 3 says, We rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Ellie, I'm going to hold you up. I've learned now. Um, I'm thankful that you have found your comfort, your freedom, and your joy in Jesus. And what a testimony you have today. Uh, do you profess before all these people and before God that he is Lord of your life. Yes. And do you commit to follow him all your days? Yes. It's my joy, my sister, to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit, buried with Christ in baptism, raised to walk in new life. 
right, next up is Addie Deffenbaugh. Um, so I grew up going to church with my family, but didn't talk much about God with each other. I didn't realize it at the time, but I didn't fully understand what it meant to live my life as a devoted Christian. When I experienced difficulties, I didn't have anything to cling to. I couldn't understand why I was facing depression, anorexia, and loneliness. I couldn't see past my suffering to any purpose beyond. In eighth grade, I went to Christian summer camp for the first time. It was here that I got to learn from people who are walking closely with the Lord and I made the decision for myself to dedicate my life to following God. I understood that my salvation was not based on my past or future sins because Jesus came to earth and died on the cross on my behalf. My faith has been influenced by many people in my life, by my high school small group leaders, by friends, and by members of my college church. Although I know the Lord has pursued me in every season of life, I cannot say that I have done the same. I have prioritized other things and felt far from him at times. However, it has been the sweetest gift to know that despite my inconsistency, he remains consistent and waits for me to turn to him. Realizing this has helped me to feel like I don't have to have the perfect faith and never will. Trusting in God isn't about never questioning him or being disappointed in him, but continuing to trust him and come back to him. Trusting in the Lord has not resulted in a lack of hardships in my life, nor would I want it to. Instead, I have felt a new purpose in going through every situation, both good and bad. As frustrated, frustrated as I have been, working through suffering and sin that I thought was behind me, it has been so sweet to see how what once would have led me to concealment of pain and self-pity now points me to the Lord. I know that I have a greater purpose and have been able to encourage and connect with others in ways that I would have never been able to without God's hand in my life. Hey, um, that was very close. Uh, Addie said I had to share some words. I wasn't planning on to, but everyone else killed it, so I'm next up. Um, I think Addie's faith has been something that's been very beautiful to see. She's been a believer for years, and I think this moment is a testament that baptism is a meaningful thing, no matter how late it's been or when it comes, but the defining moment is her salvation, right? And that's already been apparent for years, but this is a moment where she gets to, to sit here and cap it off and show you guys that, no, this has happened. This has been my life. She's been saved, but you guys get to witness this this moment. Um, so I think it's, it, it, it's a very big encouragement to me to see it after all these years. It's very easy to, for her to just have ignored that and said, well, I've been saved. It's been years. I'm comfortable. Like, there's no pressure, but instead she chose to go out of her comfort zone and decide to get baptized with all these people, um, and it's really cool to see, and I think it, hopefully it serves as an encouragement that if it hasn't happened for you guys, like, it's never too late to, to have this moment, right, to show the church and the body of believers that, no, I have been baptized. Um, so with that being said, Addie, have you confessed that Jesus is your Lord and that he took on your sin to the cross? Are you willing to live that way and live under him for your life? Okay, then it's my privilege, my sister in Christ, to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.
Last but not least, we have Jane Kairos. Good morning. I am Jane. Um, I just erased it. I was so nervous. I erased my notes about <laughs> what I tell today. <laughs> so, but I don't need it. Um, I remember, and I will remember always. Um, I grow. I grew up in a Christian home. Um, I knew about God since I was a little girl, um, and I I felt um, that I need to love Him to be saved, and I really seek this love for God and the relationship with Him, but. Um, wasn't true for me yet. I was surrounded by his love. I could feel it, but something was missing. Um, and with a lot of years later, experience in life, um, I remember when I saw my son for the first time and I could start to understand the love that you, you can die for someone, for love. You can do all the things and impossible things for love. And I start to understand the love of God for me. And God put people in my way that made this clear. Um, for example, here in the church, my GC group, um, Susie, there is no negotiation in love, nothing um, to give in exchange, just love. And a few months ago, I just understood about his grace, about this love that is nothing to give in exchange, just feel it and live it. And I, this is why I'm here today, to say that I got it, <laughs> now I got it. And I want to live with him and love him. I feel free for the first time to love just because of it. Love him and accept to be loved by him. So, yeah.
Jane, thank you for inviting me to be part of this very special moment. And it's your testimony that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. And you're going to follow him the rest of your life. Then it's my privilege to baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried with him in baptism. I'd like you guys to have a seat. I, I've got one more thing, just the last few minutes. Band, you guys can go ahead and have a seat as well. Sorry, we didn't talk about that. But we found out yesterday we were doing this, right? Um, I would like, if you are going to the Czech Republic this week on our team, I'd like you to stand if you are in the room. There are eight on our team. Yeah, go ahead and stand. Uh, there are eight on our team. They are not all here. Vicky's in the back. She's standing. She's going on the team. Can someone text Jeremy? Tell him to stand at home. Um, <laughs> You guys have put in months and months of prayer and planning and preparation. Uh, this is the culmination of years of prep and player, uh, prayer on behalf of our church and theirs. And uh, we're going to pray for them just briefly here. Uh, a couple things we're going to pray for, and we'd like you praying this week as they prepare to leave on Thursday. Uh, the team in the check has asked that essentially that we can look back at this trip as planting the flag that is a catalyst for years and years and years to come, that 10, 20, 50 years from now, we can look at churches planted all over the Czech Republic and look back at this trip as, as being a key catalyst in that effort. And so that is our desire, that is our hope. So pray that, that, that friendships would form and this would create a bond for years to come. And then second, for our team, all, all that you guys have done, uh, these, these months of, of prep and planning, here it is, right? It's, it's go time. And so for the team to be intentional and focused as they're doing trainings, as they're engaging uh, the believers there that they'll meet. And so be, please, pre, please be praying for those two things um, throughout the week. I'll pray over them. And while we're being charismatic this morning, I just want y'all to reach out your hands towards one of these people. Uh, Vicky's in the back. Reach towards her. Just point your hands towards them in affirming the things that I'm praying for them. If you are on the team, just hold out your hands. Just receive this, okay? Father God, we're so thankful for all that you've done uh, in those in our church today. We want to celebrate that you are a God who saves. God, we, we're so thankful for this team and all the months that they've put in to, to planning for this, for raising money to, to be able to go. We pray that you would do those things that we just asked for, that you would make this a trip that catalyzes a church planting movement in the Czech Republic, that you would form deep relationship and, and friendships between our small little church here in Norman, Oklahoma, and what you're doing in East Central Czech Republic. So, so may it be so, God. We know you're going before them. We just want to acknowledge that and thank you for doing that. And also for all of the things that they prepared for and planned for, all the things that they're about to pack and get ready, like things are just going to go wrong. So help them as they adapt to those things. Um, we ask that you would make the details go smooth, that their, their flights would land on time, all those things. You know all the things that need to happen. So help them to trust you and not worry and be prepared and focused as they do these trainings. God, we love you and we thank you for all that you will do in this trip. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. All right, now everybody stand. We're all gonna stand now. Um, again, if you have... 
If you're not a follower of Jesus and you've heard something this morning and you're interested at all, you wanna have questions, or maybe you've responded in faith this morning, would you tell someone who brought you or would you come forward and tell me, I'd love to hear about that after the service? I'll be up here, I'd be happy to pray for you also. So anything you wanna talk about or pray for, I'll be here waiting for you. Uh, I'm gonna read as a benediction over us those verses I read in Romans 6. And I want you guys to all receive this, all of those followers of Jesus in the room, especially if you've you've been baptized, receive this as a prayer over you now. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that God's grace may abound? By no means. How can we, all of us in this room who died to sin, still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, that this week we might walk in newness of life. Be sent in the name of Jesus. We love you guys. We hope to see you all next week.